of time, movies have been based on a wide variety of source material, ranging from articles, folklore, and even other movies. The most common source material are books or stories from the printed variety. Almost equally as common are those based on an original screenplay written only to be filmed. Today's subject, though, is based on something else entirely. Here, the source material doesn't have a list of chapters and a prologue, but instead a list of rules and a board. No, indeed, not a book, but a board game filled with color-coded characters and rooms to explore. So if you're like me, and you enjoy film and the impact and emotions they convey, then grab a glass of your preferred liquid and join me for the next little while. For me, that's a glass of Merlot from our friends at the Yellowtail Winery. So sit back, relax, and let's talk about the love of film. Welcome to Glazed Cinema. As a youngster, I loved the game of Clue. I used to love to play with my parents and my brother growing up, and my favorite character to play as was Colonel Mustard. There was something about that yellow player piece that really drew me in, and I think the fact that his name was Colonel was pretty cool. I have fond memories of playing, especially during thunderstorms, when the power would go out. We'd light candles and play in the darkness, which added to the ambiance of a murder mystery game. I also really enjoyed the art of the cards, the board, and the small figurines of weaponry and player idols. My parents also owned the movie on VHS, and I feel like that was on rotation as a kid. I loved to watch the characters of the board game I adored on screen. When I was up recently to visit my parents, probably a couple months ago, I stumbled across the tape in the basement and encountered a waft of nostalgic air. For those unfamiliar, Clue is a board game which can be played by up to six players. The game board itself resembles a mansion with halls and rooms, of which there are nine. Players roll dice, move their player, and draw cards to gather clues, all in an attempt to make an accusation. The object of the game is to determine who murdered Mr. Body 
what they murdered him with, and in which room it occurred. The original game was released in 1949 under the name Cluedo in the UK, and when it came out in the US a little later, it took off the dough and was just known as Clue. The game took off in popularity and remains among the most popular board games of all time, having sold just over 150 million copies. From this popularity, the idea of a movie came about. The movie version was the brainchild of John Landis, who served as executive producer on the project. Now, if that name rings a bell, that's not surprising, as his filmography is pretty impressive. He directed several great comedies, including Animal House, The Blues Brothers, Trading Places, and Coming to America, to name a few. Landis wanted help developing the plot he had thought out and sought aid. He attempted to hire several writers, including playwright Tom Stoppard and actor Anthony Perkins, but neither panned out for various reasons. In the end, director Jonathan Lynn helped develop the plot and the final screenplay. Clue was released by Paramount Studios in 1985 with a budget of $15 million. Written by Jonathan Lynn and John Landis, it was played to be a comedic version of the more serious board game. Set somewhere within New England during 1954, the film includes a star-studded cast. Among them is Tim Curry, Madeline Kahn, Christopher Lloyd, Michael McLean, and several others. The film starts out as we see Wadsworth, the house butler, played by Tim Curry, arriving at a rather foreboding and imposing mansion. Soon after, more guests arrive one by one. All of the guests enter through the mansion's doors and are all familiar to us from the board game. First to arrive on scene is my aforementioned favorite character to play in Clue, Colonel Mustard, played by Martin Mull. Wearing a mustard-colored suit, he is shown into the mansion and introduced to the voluptuous maid, Yvette. When the doorbell rings again, it's Mrs. White, played by Madeline Kahn, ironically bathed in a black dress. She's pretty tight-lipped and cautious, and when she takes off her coat, we can see that the inside is a pearly white, as is her namesake. The next guest we see, we don't actually view arriving into the mansion. She is just introduced to Mrs. White and Colonel Mustard in the lounge, and that is Mrs. Peacock, played by Eileen Brennan. Peacock is an older woman who is a bit snobbish and rather crass. She dons sort of cat-eye-like glasses, feathery hat, 
and a bluish-gray dress, which harkens back to her blue game piece. Then comes Mr. Green, played by Michael McLean. A rather nervous and uptight man, he's a clumsy and meek individual, short on conversation, but very observant. Mr. Green might be one of the only people who's not dressed in a color like his game piece, which of course is green. He seems to be in a bluish suit instead. Next to arrive is Professor Plum, played by Christopher Lloyd. Plum is a reserved man who has a wandering eye, and he is dressed in a plum-colored suit. In fact, his car that he arrives in is also plum-colored. With him is Miss Scarlet, played by Leslie Ann Warren, who Plum has picked up after her car broke down on the side of the road. Miss Scarlet is a fiercely independent and strong woman with a quick wit and a sharp tongue. She is also, along with Mr. Green, the only person not donned in their game piece color, as most of the others are. Here instead, she wears, oddly enough, a green dress. Of course, Wadsworth isn't alone to serve the guests. Alongside him is the house cook, played by Kelly Nakahara, and the maid, named Yvette, played by Colleen Camp. All of the invited guests have arrived to the mansion based on a letter each of them has received. Each letter contains information unique to the recipient. The unique information enclosed was to be used as blackmail. But along with that incriminating information, each also received the same invitation to the mansion to meet their blackmailer, who is their host, Mr. Body. Soon, as they're eating dinner, the man himself arrives and presents each of them with a gift. Each gift is a different shape and a different size. Each of them, however, come in a black box with a bow. As each person opens the lid, a different weapon is revealed. Mr. Body blames the blackmail on Wadsworth and suggests that they kill him. Mr. Body then walks over to the door and turns out the lights. When the lights go back on, however, Mr. Body lies dead in the middle of the room. Suspicions rise as each are wary of the person next to them, as no one knows who did it. They must find out who killed the man to ensure not only their safety, but that the culprit is handed over to the police when they arrive in a matter of hours. While this game of suspicion and the unraveling of clues takes place, the mansion is also visited by seemingly random people. The list of visitors includes a police officer, 
a beggar, a stranded civilian, and a singing telegram. Despite the knocks and doorbells from those uninvited to the mansion, the guests' resolve remains intact, and the sooner they uncover the culprit, the better. After all, they might be next. There are a lot of great performances in this movie, and I think most are on an equal playing field. However, Wadsworth, being the main character, and played by the aptly suited Tim Curry, stands out among them. While actor and character fit like a glove, the choice to cast Curry was all but simple and straightforward. One thing I found interesting in my research is that director Jonathan Lynn had several other actors in mind to play Wadsworth before he eventually landed on Curry. Some on that list were Leonard Rossiter, Rowan Atkinson, and John Cleese. Eventually, Lynn asked his longtime friend Tim Curry, and the rest, as they say, is history. Along with Wadsworth, each character is played extremely well, and within those performances are some terrific moments. One of my favorite parts is when the police officer arrives on scene after getting a call from a concerned party. Despite their best efforts to convince him that everything was okay at the door, he insists on a brief search of the mansion. Panicked, they develop a plan to conceal the dead body among them. Their plan involves a lot of moving parts and is one of my favorite moments. It also features a great song in the background, which brings me back to this scene immediately whenever I hear it. And that song is Shaboom, Life Would Be a Dream by the Chords. I believe I've said this, but just in case, I loved this movie when I was a kid. I used to watch it a lot. I really enjoyed how I could play along with the movie. I could guess who did what and how they did it. I had a familiarity with everything already because I had known the game so well. But also, I find it incredibly funny. And today, I still find it pretty funny. It's a really well-done movie that sadly not a lot of people know about. One of the most brilliant parts about the whole thing, however, well, at least in my mind, is the ending. Now, I won't spoil the ending for you, I know the rule here, however, I will relay one thing about it. And that thing, or things, is that Clue features multiple different endings. You see, in keeping with the theme, the source material of the board game, Five separate and distinct endings were filmed and distributed to different areas when it was screened. This meant that if you and a friend went to see Clue in two different places, you might have seen two very different endings. This was done to mimic the different possible endings in the game of Clue. 
I find that really thoughtful and inventive, and a brilliant nod to the source material. Of course, when the home version on VHS came out, it included all five endings back to back, so you could experience them all to your delight, which I also really liked. At the time when I watched it, I didn't really know the idea behind the five endings, I just thought they were all there, but now knowing, I think it's really cool they included it. This way, if you and that friend sat and watched the VHS together, you could point out which endings you saw and talked about which one you liked better. Sadly, despite the success and fanfare of the board game, and the fact that it had a great cast, the movie did not do well upon release. Many people did not see past its slapstick comedy and dismissed it. Years later, though, it found a following and has since become a cult classic. I grew up with Clue and really enjoyed it as a movie and still do today. It's got a good mix of a lot of things that keeps it light and entertaining. Some people don't like the ending or endings, but as I stated earlier, I rather enjoyed it. If you're in the mood for something light, something cheeky, I recommend giving Clue a shot, especially if you like the board game. It's definitely worth watching, and I think you'll enjoy it. If you'd like to watch Clue, you can find it on a variety of streaming services. At the time of this recording, you can find it on Paramount+. Plus. Paramount Plus is a streaming service devoted to highlighting releases from Paramount Pictures, and includes pricing tiers of $5.99 per month or $59.99 per year. Apart from Paramount Plus, you can also find it on Prime Video. Prime Video is a streaming service from Amazon, and if you're a Prime member, you can enjoy Clue with your Prime base membership. Lastly, you can also find it on other services, including YouTube, Vudu, Google Play, and Apple TV for $3.99 to rent. This episode was written and recorded by me, Brian Kinney, with music by Kevin McLeod. If you like this podcast, tell your friends and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Each week, there will be new content, including hints about episodes before they air. If you'd like to learn more about the podcast, visit our website at glazedcinema.com. There, you'll find more info about the show and a place to submit ideas for future episodes. For film fans who are hearing impaired, the blog page on our website features each episode in written form as well. As always... Thanks for listening, and I hope to see you next time with another beverage and another fine film on Glazed Cinema.